Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who gather each week to be an inquiry and dialogue on living the spiritual life. We're all on the spiritual path, growing in our understanding of ourselves and others, and moving from being complainers to being empowered to simply being. We know that we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Welcome to the forum. Welcome everyone to the Spiritual Forum. So glad you're here. I have with me a very interesting person, and he's got a fascinating story. His name is Christopher Peters, and Christopher is an American actor, movie producer, and writer. He is part of the Peters Entertainment family. His father is movie producer John Peters, and his mother is Leslie Ann Warren. And I'm a boomer, so I know who Leslie Ann Warren is. <laughs> She's one of my favorites, and she was in the wonderful Rodgers and Hammerstein's production of Cinderella when I was a little girl. Right? Yeah, I just love her. Uh, anyway, Christopher, back to him. He was one of the first producers to start, create, and get approved a no-holds-barred fight show, the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, with a major television network, Showtime and BMG Home Video. And this has continued with the trend of USC and reality fight shows on TV today. Uh, Peters also formed his own production company, Chris Peters Entertainment, which produces, finances, and distributes movies for TV, video, and theater. But that's not why we have him here with us today. Uh, the story we're going to hear is about this uh, interesting episode that happened three years ago on a sunny California day at his house near... Calabasas, California. Uh, Calabasas. <laughs> Calabasas? I'm speaking it like Spanish. Calabasas. Yeah. <laughs> Calabasas, California. Like better what you said. Yeah. And Christopher's life and physical reality was obliterated because from out of the clear blue sky, the creators of the universe entered his life in the flesh and never left. So Christopher's had an amazing encounter and continues to, an amazing experience. Uh, he's going to talk to us about the creators of the universe who entered his life and and what what the, their message is and what is ours to do. Um, anyway, welcome, Christopher. Hi there. Thank you for having me. It's a just a total honor and gift to be able to be with you guys. And uh, you know, for me, it's everything. You know, and I just really appreciate your time and and be given a chance because I understand what is <sighs> I understand what those statements sound like. <laughs> and I always big gulp whenever I write letters to people to be on a podcast or do it, write stuff on my own past to set or tell people. Cause it's just like, I know what I sound like. And, but the truth is it's all true. And yeah, it, uh, yeah. you, you, you did approach me with an email and yeah. I read the email and I was immediately fascinated. And then I was like, wow. I mean, you know, this guy is either going to be so amazing or he's crazy. And yeah. I I know that um, very, very amazing people in the world, like Jesus Christ was considered crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, listen, okay. Yeah. You, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So that's absolutely right. It's like, I have this total awareness, self-awareness of what I, what I sound like what this all is, the kind of the enormity of making those kinds of statements, just all of it. 
So it has nothing to do with me. There's nothing about me that's special more than any other person. We're all the same. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at our little birds are flying. I take care of a bunch of birds. That's part of it. But anyways, let me just kind of give my, the kind of the rundown of my life. And then I can go try to get into this as fast as possible with maybe a little background on me. Is that yeah, okay? I think, yeah, I think that'd be some background. And then tell us about this initial yeah. experience three years ago. Of course. Yeah, I will absolutely. I'll do like my life in a kind of a crunch like nugget. And then I'll back into exactly when it started and the whole deal. Okay. So I was born, my mom, I was born in 1968. I'm 53. Got I forgot how old I am. So I think I'm like 53, 54. Yeah, 53. I was born in Los Angeles, California. My mom was Leslie Ann Warren. She's an actor, Cinderella, family band, and Victor Victoria. She's, she's my mom. And my dad is, uh, uh, back then was a hairdresser. His name is John Peters. And then he later became a producer. So my mom and dad were married, uh, uh, for a few years and had me and um, sorry, I just, I just think I saw a hawk fly over. I'm, I take care of these birds. And one of my, I lost one of my birds the other day. It just crushed me. Sorry. So I, I was, they, I was, they were together for a few years. My dad was intensely violent and crazy and also very charismatic, you know, a Cherokee Indian, uh, Italian, you know, riding like, you know, a chopper down Sunset Boulevard, PCH, with long hair and like, you know, in bikini underpants and cowboy boots. And, and like, if you ever seen the movie Shampoo, this is dating myself a little bit with Warren Beatty. It's about Warren Beatty is this hairdresser in Beverly Hills who, who's this very chic, rides a motorcycle, but, but has sex with all the sort of starlets and rich wives of men and, you know, people in town and is this kind of womanizer. And that movie was basically taken about my dad and a couple other people, Gene Shakov. So my dad was this hairdresser in the 60s, very successful. Him and Vidal Sassoon were kind of like the two competing guys in the world. He had a shop in the Valley and in Beverly Hills. And my mom was this very innocent, uh, very sensitive Jewish girl from New York City, ballerina actor, had just gotten noticed by Walt Disney, you know, and got sort of like that last sort of contract player type of deal for Disney. And she was slated to do Cinderella and family band, a couple of things. And so they came up, my mom came out to LA and, and one time, one night they were at a party and my dad and mom and they met. And it was definitely like that opposites attract thing. I think for sure I, they got together to have me, you know, because, uh, you know, from the moment that they got together, you know, my dad has always been this amazing charismatic guy, but also very violent, very menacing and, and, and cruel. And, uh, but also can be extremely loving and, 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 and warm and charismatic and sweep you off your feet. It's a very confusing blend. So my dad's thing was, he was started out as a good little boy. I think a very kind, sweet spirit. And his father, Jack, was Cherokee Indian, shorter, short order cook in the valley, but a very earthy dude. They loved each other. He died holding my father, you know, when my dad was eight years old. And I think that shattered my dad's spirit, you know. And I think at that point, my dad was like, I'm hell bent to have money and that's going to be my comfort and nothing's going to stop me from that. And no matter who I have to kind of go through, walk over, use or uh, or become part of whatever I'm, that's where I'm going to be to, you know, and then mixed in with that is real, can be some amazing human emotion, et cetera. So my mom and dad were in this relationship. I came into it and then, you know, 
my dad got a call one day from Warner Brothers saying that Barbara Streisand needed a wig for Hello Dolly. And my dad was also famous at the time. He had a shop in Beverly Hills in the Valley, not for just cutting hair, but for doing wigs, like kind of specialty wigs. And so he's like, yeah, I'll, de I'll definitely do that. So he was slated to go see Barbara up at her house in, uh, in Bel Air. It was on, uh, God, Carrollwood Drive. That was why we lived there for many years after they got together. So, but that's before that I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead too quickly. So my dad went up there and, and again, motorcycle, total hippie, you know, thing. And Barbara was this very kind of different uh, spirited uh, creature than my mom and, and totally like, not like my dad in any way. And so when he pulled through the, the gates of Bel Air, their art deco gates, everybody was like, who the fuck, oh, excuse my language, who the heck <laughs> okay. is this person, you know? And it was really a crazy thing. And so my dad waited for Barbara, their meeting was at one o'clock and she made him wait for like an hour. And he was just about, and he was like, okay, F this, I'm leaving. And as he's walking out the door, she walked down and they got in this huge fight and she fell madly in love with him because it was the first time somebody treated her like a human being. Even if, even though he was being cruel and crazy, you know, she's surrounded by like, yes, people. So mm -hmm. they had this connection and they fell madly in love. And that was the end of my, my family with my mom and dad and the beginning of their journey. And, and so I bounced back and forth between my mom's place in the Valley, in the San Fernando Valley and my dad and Barbara, they, they moved to Ramirez Canyon in Malibu with Jason, her son. And, and we live there and Ramirez Canyon is in Malibu, it's in sort of the mountainous areas of maybe about a, a mile or two out from the ocean. And it was this really rustic, amazing canyon, one little road and like, but all these amazing people, Don Henley and McFleetwood and all these different cool people and their kids. And so I kind of was growing up in this very kind of hippie, earthy community, but it was also very Hollywood. And, you know, it was just kind of this weird thing. And I was riding motorcycles and playing soccer. And it was a really blessed, amazing time as a kid in that way, mixed in with intense beatings from my dad and pissing my pants and standing up in, to, in front of him, in front of my friends. And, and other times alone, I'm like a little six, eight year old boy, like, you know, I'm not going to, you're not going to beat me as he wouldn't hit me and I'd pee and I'd get up again and I'd make a face and he'd knock me down and get up. And it was just like, I was, so it, it started to form in me, you know, it, those kinds of things, you know, and then, and then, you know, massive love and like, I'm sorry, or a gift or whatever. So it was a real, and, and he would beat my mom and he would go after Barbara too, but Barbara was tougher, you know, than my mom in, in that way. And she would fight him, you know, and I remember one time we were driving on PCH in a little 450 SL and this huge fight broke up out and my dad was driving and, you know, he, he would go out visit, but do you see this black high heel, like kind of shot across the, the passenger seat and she stuck the high heel in his neck and pinned his head against the neck. She was tough. Wow. So she was tough and amazing. And and so it was a really crazy time, uh, you know, and so that ex those experiences formed in me, you know, they can either break a person and make them into a cruel person or make them into a compassionate person that really has, so, you know, and that's kind of what it did to me is I hated, I hated any control, any kind of tyranny and had great compassion and protection for any innocence. So I was growing, growing up in this world with them and time went on. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I wanted nothing to do with movies or film or TV. 
Um, I, you know, when I got a little older, I was a songwriter, got a couple record deals myself. I was a musician and a writer when I was like 17, 18. Uh, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I, almost, I got on the junior Olympic soccer team, tore all the ligaments, my ankle, uh, and then really kind of found music. And, uh, and, and, and so I was doing that. I was around seven or eight, 18 years old. And, and my dad and Barbara were together for 12, 13 years. When Yentl started to get put together, they broke up and he kind of moved to Beverly Hills and started his producing career even more. They had just done together a star is born main event, uh, and a couple, I mean, I think one other movie and my dad did then did the eyes of Laura Mars and he was off to his, his producing. He had a deal at Warner brothers. And I was 18, 19, uh, dabbled with drugs a little bit, but never really totally got into it in that way. And uh, I was in my music thing, almost having a real solid music career, got a couple songs and movies and different kinds of things, but never really blew up in that way that I wanted to. Uh, and so I was, I, I kind of gave the music thing up after a bunch of years and I was lost for a couple of years. And then eventually what happened was I, uh, I started to work at different film companies, Mike Metavoy, Canon Pictures. I wasn't working for my family. You know, my dad, my dad was a guy and he had millions and millions of dollars, you know, and so did Barbara. Uh, my mom didn't, you know, she was just a working person, you know, even though she was a successful actress, she was, you know, and she did well at different times, but she wasn't my dad and Barbara. My dad and Barbara had a lot of money. My dad never wrote me a check ever and said, here's like a million bucks, go have a great life, you know, or here's five, 500 grand, hundred or whatever, you know, and I wanted him to, I wish he would have, you know, because <laughs> uh, I was all my friends getting all that kinds of stuff. But truthfully, you know, it's probably the best thing he ever did for me. But what he did do is allow me at different moments, you know, possibilities to happen. So what I did was when I was, in my early 20s, I worked at different film companies and I kind of worked my way up to at different places where I started to get good positions at companies. Being a creative executive means you're developing material if with a, studio, a company that's got a deal at studio like Fox or Universal, Warners. And, uh, and then he offered me a job after I had kind of made it to uh, Mike Metavoy's company, a couple other company, Phoenix Pictures and other bigger then he said, hey, do you want to come over and start at a junior level at our company? I was around uh, 22, 20, 23. So that's what happened. And then I kind of entered in and I realized, okay, I'm going to work for this person. He's just, he's, you know, he's not fun to work with and he's gnarly, but there's a lot of access here and it's going to help me in my life if I ever wanted to do. He wasn't paying me any, really anything you know, like any substantial amount of money to be there. I didn't get any producing credits or any of that, but I got access. So, okay. So that's what happened. So now I'm there and, uh, at around 23 years old, I discovered the, uh, ultimate fight, the Gracie, the Gracie jujitsu family, the Gracie jujitsu family came from Brazil. They were a legendary jujitsu family that had one they had created a unique jiu-jitsu style called Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it was created by the Gracies, and they were a Scottish-Brazilian family for 100 years in Brazil had never been defeated in a fight. And they had this challenge that they would go put out to the world, anybody, any size, come to their dojo, and if you could beat them in a fight, 
And these were guys that were like 160 pounds and they were beating guys that were like 280 pounds, 300 pounds, like massive. They were these really brilliant genius guys and, and how they created this martial art, this, and where women or anybody small could do this. So, so they came to America with this idea and they created this thing called the ultimate fighting championship UFC. And they had done one show one pay-per-view event and I had seen it and my dad and I, the only real place that we ever could sort of be together, even in sort of, sort of be father and son was watching fights, you know, like a boxing match or whatever. So I, I, uh, I had discovered the UFC cause they had done a pay-per-view event and what the UFC is, if, if people don't know, and, and it's not who I am now. And it really was no who I, I really wasn't this person ever, but I was so young and lost. I had no idea of how to find who I really was. So I was, and I was still desperate to get my father to see me to say, Hey kid, you're, you got value. I love you. You know, good, 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 good boy. Good, you know, that never came. And so I was still in that mode. So I had seen the UFC and the UFC is basically all different styles of fighting, boxing, Kung Fu, wrestling, you know, all different martial arts fighting each other to see who's the best fighter. And that's how it originally started. And it really, and it started with no rules. There was no gloves. It was had very, very minimal rules. So I know to your audience, they're probably going, Oh my God, that's so barbaric. And it was, <laughs> it was totally barbaric. And I'm sorry that I was a part of it, but not really because it kind of formed me into who I was. So, so the USC had done the show. It was very successful, but they were out of money. John Milius is a writer. He's a very famous writer action kind of man's man writer wrote apocalypse now conan the barbarian big wednesday all of these movies that were iconic 70s male kind of things the ufc had taken the octagon from the first conan film because in the first opening of the conan film conan the barbarian is fighting in an octagon in this cage so they had taken that idea so it gave john milius the rights to be a part owner of the ufc otherwise they would have to stop making the ufc so uh, my dad was friends with John Millian. So I had discovered the UFC, seen it on pay-per-view. And I told my dad, I said, hey, you should check this out. I heard they need money. And I think you know John Millian. We should go meet with them and you should buy it. You know, because I think this thing is going to be a billion dollar business. And this was back in 93. And he was like, yeah, I see what you're talking about. So yeah, so let's do it. So we we drove down to to meet. We met, called John Milius, got the meeting set up with the Gracies and everybody had produced the event. John Milius, we went to go meet the Gracies. They needed like a couple million bucks. And my dad was like, he said, yeah, let's do it. And so I was really excited because for me, I thought it was going to be the beginning of my father seeing me as a human being and having value and and, and loving me and having that connection. And I thought it was a good business idea. And I was really excited. I really thought that I had turned a corner. And this is what he loves to do. He loves cruelty. He loves to kind of savor the sort of the, the, the misery and the suffering and the hope and then pull it, you know, and dangle the carrot and then jerk it away. And he loves to see people just crash and fall and just, oh, yeah, bring me that suffering. Let me eat it up like a soup. He's a fucking dark soul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Edit that. Apologize people. Anyways, I'm sorry, guys. I wouldn't normally talk about anybody normally this way, but he deserves it because that is who he is. And yeah, yeah. I want to pause just for a second, yeah. you know, because I, I think you're telling the story because your, your father and the cruelty 
and the trauma that you experienced. And, and you're describing this, oh gosh, we all have it, this wanting to get this love from this, you know, wanting to get this love, we want to get this love from our parents. And you, you had a parent who was going to toy with you instead of, you know, even sure. give you love from time to time. That, that, yeah. that this, is, this has really been a formative part of your life and who you yeah. are and who you've chosen yep. to be and who yeah. you've not chosen to be. Right. That's why I'm telling you that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm also telling you to, to you because of, because of all of this, that experience of childhood, it made me unwilling to take direction from anyone okay. that's, that I, that I perceive as having an ounce of control, even okay. if it's for goodwill. And so it made me in this, and that doesn't mean I can't listen to people or participate. That's not what I'm talking about. Anyone spouting religion or dogma or anything, I was, I, I've just never been able to surrender to any right. of that. Right. That's okay. why I'm telling you that because I'm trying to set up for everyone in their minds, the understanding of what come, what's coming, what I'm going to tell you, right. why it's so real and, and, and to understand my headspace. And why I would do something like this, meaning tell you the story about what I'm about to tell you. Right. And, you know, and stand behind that because I wanted to give you a picture of my life so you understand that this isn't a person easily led me. Right. This isn't right. a person who surrenders himself to anyone unless right. it's for love and, you know, and protection, you know. And you're not I, seeking I, I'm not something. Like, yeah, you weren't no, seeking not, a religious experience or anything like that F, at all. No, <laughs> no, I was not, you know, not at all, you know, nor have I ever, you know, because I was so beat up in so many different ways and tortured for long periods. And that doesn't mean others have it worse. They do. And I was blessed, you know, so I don't want to get off like that, like, right. poor me. but you know, it is the, the deal. So bottom line is we were driving back from that day. And he, I said, isn't this awesome? You're going to, you know, going to do the UFC. It's going to be great. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's just, and gave no excuse. I was crestfallen. I was heartbroken. I was like, you know what? F you, I'm going to go do it. And it took me a year. I was a, I was a 23, 22, 23 year old kid. I'd never raised a dime, but I was like, F this, I'm, I'm going to go out and raise a couple million bucks. I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to show this, you know what, uh, that I can do it and F him, you know, that was just angry because it was like, once again, my heart. And, and because I had seen, he, it wasn't like he didn't know how to give and didn't know how to show up. He was selective with his arrows and mm -hmm. he would give my sisters and others and his girlfriends and, you know, so whatever. So I did that. I was able to put together a couple million bucks. It, I got, you know, told by everybody in the world, the worst idea, blah, 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 but I saw it and it happened. And so that's also a lesson for everybody that if you feel something authentic in your heart and mind, and you can see the end result in your mind, you participating in that end result, it's a done deal. Just walk the walk and don't get be deterred. And, you know, of course, it doesn't always happen. But most of the time when you can see things that clearly, you're already at the finish line. All you need to do is follow through and not give in to any fear or doubt you know, in my experience. Um, and that's again, easy, easy for me to say because of, you know, my own thing, but I hope everybody follows that. So I did that. And, and I remember, you know, it was called world. We did the UFC. I did a raise for UFC. And then I did, a, I became their competitor, the show called world combat championship. 
I made a deal with Showtime Television. So that was the first time MMA, it was 93, had ever been made it with a major network. It had come out of the fringe into a major network. And then I basically was in that world for 12 years, helping put together shows all around the world with different financiers, Hall in Japan, et cetera, not, and producing some, but mostly putting financing deals together. Plus, I was in the film world. During that time, I picked up a painkiller addiction. Uh, I had never really taken drugs. I mean, I, yeah, no, I took some drugs, but I never got addicted. So when I was a kid, like I did ecstasy, I smoked a little weed, I did this, I tried that, but it was never, it never took for me. But uh, I basically, I, one night, uh, I think it was a couple, maybe a year after that first fight show we had done, I was somewhere and I had a pain and somebody gave me a pain pill and I had never experienced an opiate before. And that was my sort of like, oh God, wow. Mm. Like I, I felt a part of the world for the first time. You know, this feeling that came over me. I was like, cause I'd always felt like a ghost in the machine in the world. Like I was always experiencing, of seeing other people having joy and love and knowing I could feel that too, but not feeling it in the way they were. And it was the first time that I felt this connection, like, like I fit in the world. So it was a very hard thing and to get, get out of my hand, you know, get out of my part in my, my life, you know? And so what happened was, is that got crazy. And, and, and I started doing more fight shows and more stuff and more pills. Eventually at the end of it, I had lost everything. I, I was, you know, many years down, I was doing 80 Norco a day. Uh, and I had gone through a couple hundred thousand dollars in drug money and, you know, and lost my house. And in that process, before I had lost everything, but on my way down, you know, and I was working all the way through this and nobody could really tell, except I got very fat. You know, I, I turned into like a bloated tick. I looked like my, <laughs> my friends used to say, I looked like a tick and I didn't have this crazy beard either. Uh, uh, that, this is a whole other story, but, um, so I, and during that process, I met my beautiful, I had a wife before when I was in my twenties, I, sorry, I got married that lasted a year and then that was over. And then many years passed. And so at the end of the drug stuff, you know, uh, I met my wife, uh, my current wife and she didn't know I was a drug addict. Uh, she's not involved in the fight world at all. She's an English girl, very sweet, very buttoned up, very well-read. Like I'm not any of those things, you know, like, like, uh, I'm a smart person. I, I I'm, I'm a smart person about human beings and life, but I'm not buttoned up. I'm not well-read. You know, I mean, I have some good experience, but she's like a really kind, hardworking, like just the total opposite, like amazing, sweet person. And I bullshitted her, excuse my language about, I wasn't honest about who I was, you know, I, I didn't want to lose because when I met her, I remember when I met her, I was at, uh, going for a walk in a canyon and I saw her sitting at the side of the road, right, but uh, just waiting to take a walk up this canyon. And I was struck with a feeling of like, I know this person. And it was not just, oh, I think I know that, but it was like an overwhelming sense of you have to talk to this person. Like, do not leave, do not leave. And I remember saying hello to her and saying, Hey, you want to go for a walk? And she's like, no, I, I no, I don't. I don't know who you are. You know? <laughs> and I was aware that was super creepy. And then, and then she was gone when I came back and then a couple of days later, she was there and we got together. So she was in my life. Uh, eventually we got married 
and and uh, and so I'm trying. Okay, and I'm speeding up to where we are. So we were together a couple of years. I had lost the house. She saved us 100%. I'd lost everything. Uh, she saved us. I lost my house. She worked her butt off, saved up money, moved us into an apartment, then get, got saved up enough money, bought us another, bought us a house herself. And so she totally saved us, saved me. I got sober. And so what happened? We're in a new house. We're at the, in the San Fernando Valley on the north end of the valley. And, uh, and, and we're there for a couple of years. And, uh, and I, I, start, I got sober. I started consulting business, which is a film finance TV consulting thing. I started doing that. I had this idea and it sort of blossomed and started doing okay there. So we were there for a couple of years. And then my, I had my little kitty Ween was born. Uh, she was a, a stray cat, little beautiful mother, stray cat, had all these little babies in our, in our little shed. And, 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 and uh oh, there's the hawk. Oh, darn it. Oh, shoot. Sorry, there's a hawk. Keep going, Hawk. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Ah, oh, darn it. Okay. Hopefully he'll keep. Sorry. I one of my birds got killed the other day. Anyways, long story short. Sorry, guys. I know this is unusual. I apologize. Please forgive me. I just can't. I can't stand to see any life form die, even though it's nature. I have to protect them. I get that. And so, yeah. And that's and that never was me. Probably. Okay. So here's what happened. So we were in that house for a couple of years. I started this consulting business. She sold the house. We bought another house that was closer to Malibu in Calabas. Basses, which is near sort of Malibu, but on the valley side. Um, I have never been religious, never been into interest, interested in anything paranormal, UFO, any of those things my whole life ever. You know, I mean, a little Star Wars, like I watched the Star Wars movie once or twice, but that's it. You know, there was no fascination there. And so I, what happened was we were at the new house for a couple of years. I saw this movie that came out for this guy named Stephen Greer. Everybody should look him up. I Dr. know. Steven. Isn't he, um, is yeah. he the one who just did Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind? That's exactly who that is. Yeah. yeah. I watched mm -hmm. that recently with my husband and it was so, it gave me so much hope. I thought it was yeah. really, really a great documentary. Yeah. He's amazing. And he's the real deal. And his stuff is real. And so what happened was that he has two other movies. One is called Sirius. That was the first one. S-Y-R-I-U-S, I think. And then the other one was called Un Unacknowledged. And so these are these movies are UFO movies, meaning they're documentaries, meaning they're all people and their accounts, but like heavyweight people, presidents, heads of the CIA, ex-heads of CIA, DOD, FBA, you know, uh, FBI, uh, FBI, you know, all these like major French presidents. He was in with the Clintons. He was a doctor that had started this sort of like protocol of contacting extraterrestrial life where you do this meditation and like you see yourself in space and then earth and then your, your country, your state, your town, your street, you know, you, where you are. And then you have a green laser and you, and after you see that in your mind's eye, you send them love in your mind's eye out in space and you welcome them and you invite them. And then you do like a flash of light with the laser pointer. Then my birds come to say, and then they show up and he has, and, and so he has these movies of explaining this plus all the other stuff the other heavyweights and real evidence of contact, you know, amazing pictures, videos, craft, mm -hmm. beans of light, just all amazing stuff. So I'd seen this movie serious at the new house and I was blown away by it, just completely blown away. It really affected me. And I had no idea why, because I had no experience or interest in any of that, anything, paranormal, ghosts, religion, any of the stuff. 
not that I'm conflating the two things, but I was not interested, but this moved me. And it, and it was really, and I had no idea. So I was like, I rushed over to my mom and, and her husband, Ron, to show them. I was raving about it. They could have cared less. Eh, it's okay, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, God, I don't get what? You don't get it? It was like such a disconnect. So I saw that movie and I was like really on fire. And a couple months went and I left it. And then another, like a year or two later, his second one came out. And I thought, oh, this is amazing too. And I go, this guy's life would be a great reality show because he's, you know, God bless their soul. He's had people because of the, the, these dark forces that are trying to, you know, in the government around the world, you know, whatever, whoever those people are in, in his movies, he talks about their, my people, some of my staff have been killed. You know, these different things have happened along this journey of him bringing this stuff out. And I just thought, oh my God, with his contact and all that stuff, it could be a great reality show. So I reached out to him and we connected and, and he wanted to do it. He's like, they'll never let it happen. I thought we could get it happen. I was, I contacted a couple of network heads. They wanted to do it. And then it kind of fell apart. But what happened was it was just kind of like, I think a stepping stone in some way. So that really affected me. And, 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 and then a couple months passed and nothing and a year passed and nothing. And so one day here's, here, here's where it all starts. So three and a half years ago, uh, I'm at our house where I'm at right now. Um, uh, and I had ordered trash cans. We needed new trash cans from the city because one of the tops got ripped off. And so it's 12 noon in the afternoon. Uh, and, and I hear, uh, 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 it's like the big truck. So I walk outside, I walk down our driveway, get our trash cans. I'm walking up uh, our driveway and I casually look in the sky, maybe a hundred feet above our house. And I'm kind of stunned by something that I'm looking at. I'm seeing something in the sky above our house. It's big. It's like maybe the size of a, a small plane. Um, it's not a plane. It's not a helicopter. It's not a drone. Uh, it's silent. It's not making any sound. And it's standing there. It's just there. It's a hundred feet above the house, maybe 150 feet. And I'm kind of like in this very kind of like a cognitive dissonance sort of state where my brain is kind of rolling through the Rolodex of images and things that I've seen in the world to try to place it. And mm -hmm. I can't. And then I realized, holy, you know what? This is a UFO in my head. The second I, saw, I thought that the thing <laughs> explodes with golden light. And I'm like, oh my God, well, this is, a, oh my God, this has happened. I'm watching it for 10 minutes. Oh my God, that's a, that's an effing UFO. And the second, the next time I thought that another explosion of golden light, boom. And then, and then as I'm saying, oh my God, this is really happening. It's a UFO after 15 minutes, then it starts pulsing this golden light, these ancient symbols on that look like almost hieroglyphics on the face of it. So it looks like a giant walnut. It's got, a, it's, it's, it's like a, you know how a walnut, I guess it's a wall. What's the, the nut that has like a, almost like a, uh, an egg shaped bottom with a point at the tip. And then the top has got like a rim thing. And then like a, it's got like a, like almost like a hat sitting on that. So I think it's a walnut. It's a walnut. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's got that shape, but it's got two big pieces of metal that look like metal on the front that are like in an X pattern. And I'm looking at this thing and I can see the sun shining off the back of it. And it looks silver in, you know, as sun shines on, on metal, it looks silver. And the front is this darker, you know, metal X thing. And then pulsing this golden light and turns all golden and all the symbols. I'm totally blown away. But I'm telling you that because I remember tracking it in my head going, 
okay, it's really there because I see the sun shining from the back. The back is different than the front. There's also obviously distinction there, you know, and I'm trying to understand what it is that I'm because I'm at, totally blown away. Because when you see something in that is right there for the first time, not in movies, not in mm -hmm. conversation, but in reality, it is a mind blowing moment. And you don't there, you don't have a foot, a leg to stand on mentally mm -hmm. because you don't understand what it is that you're looking at right. when you it's, it's that same thing, you know, when the, it, when, when, when the Columbus came, I think it was Columbus and the Indians were on the shore and they couldn't see the ships that were, yeah. you know, a hundred feet no context. from the Yeah. Because they'd never seen it. They, and they just saw mm -hmm. ocean. And then as they got closer, their brains started to understand. And then they saw, you know, the wood, the ships, the color, the men. Then they could get it. Same thing here. So what happened was I watched it for 30 minutes. And then I kind of woke up for a second. Like, oh, not woke up from a dream, but like woke up out of the moment. Like, oh, shoot, I got to get back to work. But how do I leave this? The second I thought that, it started to slowly drift away. And then it was gone. Totally blown away, picked up the phone. My mom has been my spiritual base, Leslie Ann Warren, that mom, you know, uh, you know, and, and she's very connected in that way and has many people that she works with and, you know, Chinese medicine and all the stuff. And I, you know, she's been with me through thick and thin in that way, you know, through my ups and downs. So I thought, oh, I'm going to call her, you know, because she's my rock in that way. Called her on the phone. I'm like, mom, you cannot believe what just happened. Oh my God, this is what happened. Dead silence dead silence i'm like are you all right what christopher are you on drugs again i'm like I'm, I'm not on drugs again what are you talking no like angry at me really mm -hmm. angry at me and i immediately thought okay okay in my head i gotta i gotta play this off i'm like you know what no i'm not on drugs i'm fine it's fine it's probably nothing it's probably my mistake don't worry about it got off the phone that night the wife same reaction i was really shocked you know i was really shocked but i I'm now later, many three years, I understand now why, you know, I understand now I, that some people are really just cut from a different cloth in terms of what their, where their consciousness is. That's not to say better or worse, but there is a, there is, and this goes to the heart of the everything really. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to say something about this yeah. too, because I yeah. think that, I think this is, this happens to those of us who can see something, whether it's for the first time especially at the first time, wh whether it's, you know, a new idea or you're seeing reality differently than you used to, to see reality. I know that for myself, I've shared with my, everyone who's listening, um, that, you know, this whole COVID thing has shifted my whole perception of reality in a thousand different ways. And then you go try to tell somebody, I want to show you what I see. Let me tell you what I see. And, right. and there's either kind of this glazed face or don't tell me about that. Don't talk about that. Right. They, people tend to want to see what they want to see until That's they're right. ready to see something else. And you have to yeah. really be willing. You know, you have the to. The trance is, you're totally right. And the trance is, I've learned later, all of it is by design. And I know that sounds cryptic and crazy, but no, it's, it's not. Uh, so. So what happened was that day, from that day and every day since, they have been with me 24-7. And it didn't start out like a 24-7 bombardment. It, it literally has been a schooling, a beginning friendship, an evolving friendship, a relationship, a deep, profound love, thousands of hours of video and pictures and symbols for God 
uh, created an illuminated mist over the roof. And then the next morning waking up in those same symbols in scar tissue on my chest, you know, when never before having scars or surgery and angels and landing on camera with me and outstretched wings, boom, you know, and giant columns of light from earth to sky as the new normal me pictures thousands, you know, so let me get, so I'm just trying to, cause I realized I went too long in the beginning. So let me just back up. So that happened that day. So the next day, you know, I told my wife and she freaked out and I was like, okay, don't worry about it. It's probably my mistake or whatever. So the next day I thought, you know what? I, everybody was in bed. It was dinner. I'd made dinner for everyone, washing the dishes. Everyone's tucked in. I thought to myself, you know, I'd snuck out that day and I'd got a green laser because I had remembered the Stephen Greer thing, you know, because I, it, it was the day after it had happened. And I thought to myself, that was probably a one-off. It was so amazing. I've got to see if it can happen again. It probably won't ever happen again. You know, I was still in this place. And so I had remembered the Stephen Greer movie. And that's why, I, you know, I, 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 who knows? But, it, you know, it could have been a placement. I probably was. They probably and they just said in my head did. Uh, so anyways, like um, so I go out that day and I buy a laser pointer, you know, because that's part of the protocol that you do in the Greer films is you do the meditation and then you do the laser pointer. Like in the shoot, you shoot two lasers, a four in the sky. And so everybody's asleep. I'm making the dishes. I start to get this kind of butterfly feeling like everybody's asleep. Like I'm going to be like a sneaky little, you know, you know what, you know, like the old drug feeling when I would sneak out and go by, but I'm not doing drugs anymore. But I was getting this like sneaky feeling like my laser pointer. Everyone's asleep. I'm going to get the laser pointer. I'm going to go out to the garden. I'm going to do my meditation and see if they show up. Nothing will happen. But I was getting excited. So I grabbed. So I did the dishes. I checked. Everybody's asleep. Kitty's asleep. My wife's asleep. I'm like, okay. So I go outside in the garden, our door, our kitchen door exits. And there's the garden right there in the backyard. As you walk from the brick to the backyard, we have power lines that sit maybe seven feet, you know, from ground to, to the, you know, maybe a few feet over your head. I look at the power line because just habit, nothing there, just clear skies and a moon, et cetera. Go to the middle. I do the meditation. I'm in space in my mind. I send love to them. I say, come visit me. I didn't know who them were. I was just doing a generic Stephen Greer thing. I, I see Earth. I see America. I see Los Angeles. I see, you know, California, Los Angeles, my town, my street, my house, you know, me in the backyard. And then I open my eyes. I send love to them. And I do, I go, okay, here we go. Laser pointer, boom, 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 four lasers into the sky. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, where are they? All right, let's go. You know, nothing, 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 nothing. And I'm like, ah, oh. and I waited a few more minutes and nothing. And I thought, oh, that's a bummer. All right. And I thought oh, it was so cool. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to go. So as I'm walking from the grass under the power line that's above my head, and remember when I walked out in the power line, there was nothing there. It was just power line and sky. So I'm walking from the grass to the brick to the kitchen door under the power line, I get a, a foot just about to step onto the brick and I hear, ooh, 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 ooh. And I turned around and I look up at the power line and there is probably a five foot owl. And I jump back, I'm like, holy, whoa, you know, what is that? It's this giant owl. And I run to the door and I grab the kitchen door and 
and they just did a blue flash just now. Uh, and I grabbed the kitchen door and I'm about to go inside. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to try one more time. I turn around, owl's gone. I don't know what, you know, I'm just like, okay. So I rock back to the grass in the middle of the moonlight in the sky, doing this meditation in my head, you know, I love you, sending love, earth, America, California, town, street, me, backyard. I open my eyes, laser pointer, one, two, three. And before I could hit four on the laser beam that shoots in the sky, four flashes like, boom, 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 maybe a hundred feet up, perfect circles, huge, big flashes of light. I'm screaming to my wife, Daniela, Danny, get your butt out here. I'm like, oh my God, what? You know, and she runs out. She's like, what, 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 what? And she runs out and you see like in the sky, maybe a hundred feet, these huge circles go like a, like a, like a, maybe, maybe 20 feet over the house, like a hundred feet, this black streak, like, like that, like a cut in the sky, darker than the night sky. And then another, bam, 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 bam. She's like, oh my God. Ah! And like run. She's like, I don't know what that is, but I don't like it. She's like <laughs> runs in the house. I'm like, stop, wait, wait. This is amazing. You know, and they're like 10 times. And I'm like, oh my God. And then done, gone. And I'm just like, what just happened? What just happened? What I'm like, what yeah, what just happened? So I go into the house. I'm like, oh my God. They're like, you know, gone. Everything's quiet again. There's no owl, there's no flashes, gone. And I get Danielle's on the on the couch. And I'm like, right? I'm like, can you can you believe that? And she's just like furious at me like I don't wanna you know don't you know like I'm like all right okay whatever you know whatever she's furious that you you called them back or that you 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 uh messed with her reality terrified her yeah they terrified her no she was beyond because when you are in not because there's not I mean there are dark forces they're real and that they're not dark forces at all. They're 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 the creators. They're our divine angel creator family, which I came to learn in a couple of years in. But 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 the bottom line is when you see a UFO or a being of light or anything that you've heard about your whole life or read or whatever in the flesh in front of you, your your go-to without your control is absolute abject fear. And terror, because you you get your fight or flight thing comes up. You think you're going to get killed. That's it. Not from them being scary, because we've been programmed to be terrified of them or anything. You know. Well, we've also been programmed that we are the 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 ultimate creation. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, That's right. That that there's and and we've been we've been programmed uh, e- either that there is no God or that there is God, but. We're, we certainly haven't been programmed to understand other beings in our presence right. um, in, in that way, at least in that right. way. Right. So, and, and, and everything that the world knows about them and got them, meaning they are the Alpha and the Omega, Omega you know, there are millions and millions of divine angel creator families on all space and all air, each an individual with families that are are God, separate consciousness, people, families, all of it, and one sentient being at the same time. And all life is physically connected and a part of them as like them, you know, as God and all life being a giant, one cell, human cell, and each strand of cell, of that tissue in that cell is you, me, a grass, a planet, an earth, ocean, sun, 
and they're holding everything and we are part of that. So we are those strands of flesh. That is how connected we all are. That is how instantaneous and our love, our connection, that we're never alone ever. The whole idea of us here and heaven there and it, it just all, all of this, these ideas that we've been taught are a lot of them are ideas from separation, from darkness, to control, to lead us away from our creator, not towards them. Because the truth is, it's an, it is we, if we surrender everything, and there is a real process, this is what my life has been about, is this is why I'm doing the podcast, because this is why they're in my life in this way, 24-7 videos, talking, touching, all of it. And it's been the schooling process is so that my life can be a roadmap for each person, if they're willing now, to take to know their creator in the flesh. And that is absolutely what will happen and is happening. It doesn't happen all at once. It's a process that you go through. But it's not hard. All you need is childlike wonder and love in your heart, but total surrender of everything you think you know, because most of what we know, even well-intentioned, and I know this is a hard one for people, and I hate saying this because I know I sound like a big a-hole for saying it. This is coming from them, not from me. Most of what we know has been meant to lead us away from our Mm -hmm. creator and their divine covenants and laws and ways and how they are and how connected we are and how they're right here at all times. Yes. So I want to pause just a minute uh, if that's okay. So, because I think that when people hear about, uh, uh, things in the sky or golden lights or UFOs, I think that people are kind of programmed to think alien and lizard-like things and all of that. And But your, your right. experience, uh, you, you have, st- through the first couple of years, they, they were able to teach you that they are creator well, beings. Let me, that, let me explain it all very clearly. Okay. Okay. Um, so let me back up a little bit. First of all, I'll answer that question. All of the all of those ideas that you have that you just shared with us about you know God is here, angels are here, UFOs are here, lizard mm-hmm. people. I, mm-hmm. I I don't have any experience with lizard people. I can only <laughs> talk about. I know you were making a joke, but I can I only talk about what I physically am involved in day twenty four seven. Right. Not what I think. Not what I read about. What I am physically filming, touching, seeing, hearing, interacting with them. And that's it. And because anything beyond that, I don't know. I've never been this dude. They are when we the whole thing idea that there's separation between spirit and beings of light and God is a is 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 an idea that's total BS. Mm-hmm. The the true natural world, they are heaven physically. Heaven is a physical landscape. They are that physical landscape. They are heaven. They are also individual separate people and one sentient landscape that is God. And we are physically like a blade of grass is a part of the dirt and the dirt is, and the sky, it's all sort of, you know, that's, we're all a part, you know, how grass is a part of the dirt and the dirt is part of the air and the sun. That is how we are physically connected and a part of our creator and all life together. There is no separation. So any idea that we have of of like thinking of God and um, and extraterrestrials as separate uh, is incorrect. Meaning, they all come from this space, 
that is a space. They just did a blue flash right here, right next to the phone. They all come from this space that is alive energy and consciousness. That is a physical space. That's an all air around all of us in this world and everywhere. That is our God and is an alive, conscious, sentient being, but also what makes up that space are individual divine angel creators that are individual people with families, all all connected. And that's I see that visually, take pictures of that, and also those little blue-purple orbs that make up all space, all air, holding all life that is our creator, that, that and, and that they're also separate individuals, is our God, is Alpha and the Omega. That is the creator, Emmanuel's father, all of it. And... I, and they can also be, those little blue purple orbs can be giant columns of light from the ground all the way into space, which I have those pictures and faces in those pictures and bodies and people coming out of the columns of light and waving to me and giant, you know, beams in the sky there and, you know, lined up side by side, like one column and then, and then, and behind them, behind them, each column of light, multiple faces looking back, waving, smiling, that's our mishpukah. That's 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 they were their babies. All mm-hmm. of this is them, and so I know this sounds wild to people, and it's completely different what they know, but it's the truth of what the reality is. And so, so when this started that second night, that day, after that day, after Daniela said, you know, I don't want to hear about it. What happened with me is every day that I would go, I work outside. Um, I started getting this feeling like I have to be outside all the time with nature and the animals and stuff. So I would start to work in my car in the driveway and stand outside and work on my film stuff. And as the day would end at five thirty, six o'clock, the second that I would look up at the sky, there would be flashes of light like to me. And, and, and I would be like, wow, you know, like what's going on. And I, at that point I would look at the sky or the night sky at night. And when I looked at the stars in the sky, they would look a million miles away from me uh, like everybody else, the moon, you know, just like a normal night sky. And then what started happening is as the days would roll on, there would be more flashes of light, more craft would show up. They would start to do shootings. I would be standing in this driveway right here and you'd see a shooting star the size of a baseball five feet in front of me appear from nowhere, go right across by, you know, maybe five feet in front of me, then disappear. And then you'd have, that would be like a new added thing that they were doing. And then they would repeat that every day. And then I started to understand that they would also do owl sounds and they could create plasma owls or plasma hawks where you would see, you'd hear an owl sound, then you'd see the owl fly in front of you and then disappear. Or, but sound and look exactly like an owl, a hawk. Then I started to understand, hey, wait, I got the idea like, hey, wait a minute. What if I can ask questions to them and, 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 and I can say, hey, is, is, if this is true, please do a shooting star. If this is true, please do a plasma owl. If this is true. And they started doing it. And I started to set up a basic communication with them. And from there, the friendship grew and grew and grew. And so what happened was they, 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 what they do is they repeat the same experience day, day after day after day, same one, boom, boom, boom. And then you start to, that becomes a new normal. And then you get, then you get to another level and then they add something, boom, they do it every day. Boom, 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 boom. And then that becomes a new normal. And then you grow a little bit more and then you start to go, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I can say, do a flash of light or do a shooting star and ask a question. Are you God? Are you this? Are you that? 
then that, then they do that every day. Boom, boom. Then you grow a little bit more. And then there's a bond happening. There's a relationship happening. I have all of this on camera, on video. There's a communication happening. And I didn't know they were God then. I didn't know who they were. I just thought, oh my God, I'm having the most crazy experience with extraterrestrial beings. I didn't know. And then what happened was I started waking up in the mornings with scoop marks out of my shins, uh, dots within dots. And, and, you know, like on my ankle, a hundred dots in a circle and then a hundred more around it, a hundred more around it, like puncture mark, like a little one didn't hurt. The last half a day and then it would be gone or two days, a couple of days, whatever. And then I, and then what happened is after that first couple of weeks of teachings from them and, and these physical experience, then one night I get out of the car, just waiting for the flashes of light. I look up at the night sky and the stars look 10 feet over my head, 20, literally 20 feet over my head, literally. I'm like, what has happened to me? I literally, and the planes look like miniature planes. I learned later, years later, that this is also a part of what they do, that, that they are the creators and that you start to see and feel as they do. So when they look at us, we, those things look miniature, the stars, you know, because they are infinite. And so I started to literally see all the stars in the sky. And that has not changed. Ryan's belt, everything, 20 feet, 30 feet. And I will then on camera started reaching up to them and going, God, is this real? Are you, is, because the star, they're not real stars. They're, there are real stars, but these are not. These are mini UFOs with star little lights on them that mimic. And I know it sounds insane, insane but <laughs> well, it's I the know, truth. I know that. But it's the truth. Let me just finish. Okay. So just because it's important, so I didn't interrupt right. So I'm reaching up to these on camera, these stars going, oh my God, if you're real, can you come down to me? And you see me reaching my hands up and the stars start to descend down from the sky, down to my hands, Orion's belt, then descending on, and then slowly, I have many videos like that. And so this relationship starts to unfold and they start to change me. And we're talking telepathically every day, just starts. And you start to be able to, the way that starts is you ask a question in your mind. And as you're finishing the question, before you can finish, the answer comes over the, uh, comes over the top of the last word that you're saying in your head. There's no way you can do that yourself. You can't ask a question and then before you're finished, asking it, have the answer overlap. And they're using words like us and we and different things. There's no way, I, nothing the way that I describe myself or talk to people. So I'm starting to form this relationship with them. I still don't know who they are, but I'm now having to be in nature 24 seven. I having deep sorrow now over bees that are fallen or any living thing or plant. Deep, deep, deep sorrow. Okay, sorry. It's visceral for me. So I'm having these like these really gnarly kind of waves of emotion and this connection. And I'm seeing now I'm, my eyes are starting to change and there's more and I'm starting to, and I, and I, you know, and then one night I, I, I researched the symbol for God, you know, in a biblical symbol and they do it over the roof and I capture it on camera. And then I start getting a bunch of those same pictures and other ones. But that night, boom, I copped I'm like, wow right over the roof, two feet over this, this, this pyramid with a dash open, open bottom. And, uh, and then those same symbols show up in scar tissue on my chest the next morning, you know, I still have them. And then I get, and then I get 
the symbol for dimension, the, the creators of all dimension. And those symbols show up in my, my gut, these parallel lines with boxes in the middle. And I never had scars or anything. And so there's a learning going, a teaching going. And I remember one night, there's this whole other thing that I've never told you about. that's also happening. I'm not going to get into it here. That's not from them, but is a man-made thing. I have hundreds of hours of videos of it. Crazy, crazy stuff every single day. And that's what scared me. And really, as I was getting to know them, profoundly falling in love with them. I remember one night, I'm standing in the driveway and I'm, I'm looking at the front, front facing our house and I'm looking up at the top of the sky and I see this golden ball of light literally cr go from one end of the sky to the other in a second. Cr like, poof. And then I see this other ball of light drop out of the back of it like at the very top of the sky where like where space probably is. And this ball of light slowly is drifting down. And I'm like, oh my God, it's coming to me. And it slowly is drifting. And it gets to my, I'm standing looking at our, our front door at the roof and it gets to the roof, this golden ball of light. And it's about a half a foot of, over the roof. And I'm hit with two things. One was, this was like one of the first times this had happened in that way. Terror beyond my wildest dreams my legs are shaking my okay okay uh, you know i'm like you know because i'm like i have all of this programming all of this fear all of the movies all of the you know horrible stuff that i've seen on tv and at the same time the most profound love beyond the word love be i i can say love because that's the only word i know and I said, in that terror and that mixture, I was like, don't leave me ever. Promise me. I don't want anyone hurt because I still didn't know who they were. But don't leave me. And I like your family. I didn't know why I said that. And it sounded crazy, but I just knew they were. And this little golden ball of light slowly just went invisible. But the love and the feeling, I could see the faint outline. I knew he was still there. But, but so these kinds of things started happening more and more every single day, but more and more added things like every week. And so one night, about a year into it, I'm outside our kitchen and I'm talking to them telepathically all the time, 24 seven, that never stops. And, you know, and my eyes are changed. I'm seeing, and also, you know, like I'm seeing now when I wasn't seen before, now I'm seeing, you know, streaks of light everywhere I go, hundreds and hundreds all around me swarming streaks of light, black streaks of light, white streaks of light. And then a week or two later, those are not streaks anymore. They're orbs. And I'm seeing orbs and white orbs illuminating my face and black orbs and things going through the walls and through me. And, you know, and then I, and then they start teaching me this healing energy and I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? You know, and I'm seeing electricity coming from my fingers thinking, Oh, I'm losing my mind, you know? But then I'm learning this is, yes, this is a healing energy, but it's actually their physicality. And it's the beginning process that it's a gift that they give people, which I'm teaching people too. It's, we all have it. It's a tactile tool for people so they can understand it's a doorway to them through the veil that there is no veil. And it's a physical experience for them to be able to do so they can say, this isn't supposed to happen in reality, but yet it is. So you wiggle your finger and you can feel it at any part of your body and you feel this energy between your hands. It was like you're holding a pillow. I was starting to heal doctors and my mom, who was furious at me, I went on this walk and I'm like, 
you know, a year or two into it, I'm like, this is happening. And their family, family, F you, ah, like just pour into me, like, you know, like just tried to rip me a new one. And I was like, wow, what is that about? So she was like, well, oh, okay, you, Mr. You know, da, da, da. I'm going to challenge you. So she sent me to all her heavyweight doctors, you know, like MDs and, and this person and that person. And they were all non-believers and they all had issues and they all got healed. So, so she was like very angry about that. And it isn't me doing it. So, so um, what, what, I, what I'm hearing is you are having an experience of the divine, of the divine, uh, the creators, the, uh, some people would call it God. You, you are having, you are having this intimate for experience reason. for yeah. a reason. And we're going to get to yeah. that in a second. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and a relationship, let's call it a relationship okay. because that's really what it is. Yeah. Okay. Relationship, yeah. not an experience. Yeah. And, yeah. and out of that, you know, first there's kind of a fascination about what else, what is this? Oh my gosh, look at that. But out of that, it turns into this profound love, this this yes. sense of of complete connection with all that is, so that not only do you love them, but you love all of creation and you're very connected to all of nature. And and I'm assuming that love also turns to yourself as well, that you're also yeah. experiencing a love of self and it's transcendent. It's a, so it's a transcendent experience. I, I mean, and, and there is some reason. I have bad days too. You know, I have, I'm not perfect. I have bad days, but yes, you're right. It's love. It's a deep, profound love of any living thing that you have to protect with your life, no matter what it is. And, right. And, 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 and it is an urgency that it's all at stake because okay. it is. And so they they have revealed themselves to you, or you have been open with childlike wonder, and that's how you have drawn them to you. I'm I am guessing that we well, they're, no, they're here with all of us at all times. I agreed to come into this world before to do this. We all make an agreement. Okay, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah we all come into the world into to the gift of life. We each person makes an agreement with this with their creator them. For this gift of life, at some point in time, if you're living through this time period, we're going to call on you. And if you and and your agreement to have this gift of life is that when we call on you, you stand up for you have a relationship with us again. You stand up for us and all life and all innocent life, and you do something about it, not just say you know talk is cheap. And and that's the agreement for coming into this world. And this time period and my life with them. I had made this agreement and I, to, to be this person, which is a doorway for people, a bridge, so they could mimic exactly what I did physically day to day. And I offer myself as well as a guide to say, you know, as it's going, like, hey, do this, don't do that, do try this, to look for that. And then they, these people start to have a relationship literally with their creator, who physically then come into their lives to become their teachers. Because we are in a time period where it's a war in the battlefield of humanity's consciousness, a war over a war being fought through perception over one choice for humanity and all life. All life is at stake and all life is on the line and evil is playing both sides of the conversation in this material world. They're playing the good guys and they're playing the bad guys and they're using all of it to drive humanity to make the choice through free will because of divine covenant law. They can't do it any other way to let go of their lives willingly 
and at the same time to sign on to destroying all natural life while pretending to as say, being the saviors of the planet through green movements and all these things. They're the very same people who are for the Green New Deal and the the all the climate change stuff. The very same people are the same ones bombing the skies with geoengineering that have killed 90% of the soil, 70% of the animals, 90% of the, the bugs, uh, I, radioactive isotopes. So we have to understand, and I know it's a scary conversation to have and hard to understand, and how could it be true? And it's a hard thing to face that we're better off if we face the truth and understand we're at war now mm-hmm. and that everything is at stake now. And that there is a way through it. And that is putting everything that you know about your creator, all of your human ideas, and start over. And that's where why they're here, to have that relationship. Not for you to be a scholar about this or that, but for you to have childlike wonder, put all your ideas aside, go out at night or during the day with love in your heart for them, for them, for all of it being possible, potentially, even if you don't believe childlike wonder and, and, and a love for yourself and, and them and natural life and, and the goodness of all life to prosper, you know, and in that beginning state and putting all your ideas aside of what you think God is and angels and religion. And, and then you are open. Then they just did a blue flash. I'm in my driveway looking across the street. They just did a big blue flash. And then you're open then to receive a new beginning from them a new teaching and then they physically come into your life and through this relationship in this new way is how we bring a heaven on earth where they and all beings of light and spirit and nature and humanity we live in a new culture where everything is out in the open where, where, where this darkness is gone where we're all together and that's really where this goes and that's what this crucible is about and those who choose this will be protected and saved and go on naturally into infinity and those who don't won't. And that's what this is about. And I know it's a tough conversation and a hard one to, and you can write me off. And I, and I, what I say to everybody is don't believe a word I'm saying, but go try it yourself and see for yourself, have your own experience because that's really the only way you're going to know I'm telling you the truth is you can believe me and love the, and I want you to believe me. I want you to follow. I want you to go do all those things because I think it's very helpful, you know, and I, everything that I am is about helping you go to them. That's all I want from this. I want, I'll give up all of it, whatever I have to be of use in that way. If I can just help you in that way, go to them, surrender your vanity, your ego, your, your ideas of me being crazy or whatever it is and just try that's, That's it. a real, yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking about just really being in. You talk about uh, wonder, and also just being really surrendered, and also, uh, boy, I've been talking about this for like the last year and a half. We have to look at all of our conditioning. Very hard to see. It's very yeah. hard to see. Almost every aspect of our life is conditioned in some way. All of our beliefs are conditioned. We've we've inherited these things. And it's so hard to see any other reality other than that. But we have yeah. to question every every single assumption, every belief, everything that we do, and and look at, okay, where did I get this? You know, where did it come from? Why am I doing this? Do, is this serving life or not? 
and 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 how much is this just my conditioned belief and and who I really am? And also realize that there is a conscious energy, a darkness, as there is good, that can make physical contact with you, that can hear and hears all of our thoughts. And this is a war over perception. And they're whispering in your ear 24-7. And they can do way more than that, meaning the darkness and the good. So this is about that. You know, even I, I it's and you're so right about everything you're saying. And they said to me in the very beginning, I remember in the first like month or two, I would be like outside working, sitting in the backyard and they would say in my head, surrender, 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 surrender. And I'm like, what does that mean? I mean, I understand what surrender is, but it's all been about surrender. And in that surrender, you gain infinity. It's the crazy, that's just how they work. It's like you gain all your power. Like you become the superhero when you surrender it all, your beliefs, because then they are everything. They, we are perfect. We are with them. We are of them. We are with all life and we are perfection at all times. It's only in the ideas that we pick up that we perceive ourselves as imperfect. So when they say surrender, they mean surrender to your true heart of who you are, which is a total surrender is a total win. And because all of your perfection then emerges because everything is connected to our perception, our consciousness, that creates physically in our lives. We create the world through what we perceive. When enough agreed on the same misperception, it becomes physical reality, even through perception. So we have to understand surrendering is more than just like, hey, surrender your ideas about this or that. It's you gain the infinity, you gain everything, you gain them, which are everything good in your life Everything good that you could ever perceive, if, if it's a positive good thing for you and all life comes from them. And they're literally physically with you in your all time. So, sorry. Yeah, I mean, we only have, we only see what, we only see what we can see in our visible spectrum. But it sounds like we can also see more if we opened, yeah. if we opened well, ourselves. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they, it's, 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 it's absolutely a process of us being a part of that. And, and, and learning and going on, but they do physical alterations on people. They did it on me and they give you these things to help you heal you, but to help you be, see more like they put some kind of blue filters or something in my eyes. I don't have blue eyes, but I see their blue purple energy. I've taken many pictures of it and videos, uh, but the way, the reason why I'm allowed, I can, I can, they are with me 24 seven. So when I, wherever I look, wherever I put my hands, all of a sudden, boom, 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 these big columns of light. I see these whiffs of smoke and I see these blue purple orbs in all space and they're there and I can touch them. I can feel them. I, I feel the love. I can, and they're there with me 24 seven and all of us, but they put some kind of something in my eyes or something to be able to see them in that way. Cause I wouldn't have been able to before. And I know that because when it started, I started getting these weird eye things where if I looked at a light a certain way, the reflection of whatever object I would look at would stay in my eyes for about a minute or two in this blue purple felt like line. It was the weirdest thing. And then it would sort of disappear. And I went to UCLA and all this, like your eyes are perfect. You know, so I started to understand, oh, oh, because if I see, if light hits me a certain way, this lens or wherever it is, if it's in my third eye, I don't know, but it's a real thing. And so that enables me to be able to see them coupled with our growth and our, and our learning and their help. They actively, literally, not just like theoretically, physically are in your life, fit, helping you 
interacting, talking, loving, altering. It, this is what it is. It's a real friendship. It's a real relationship. Okay. But you're also able to take photographs and video, you've said. Yeah, so and, and we can share some of that on, on this on this episode's website, sure. maybe. I have yeah. so many. I can send you, I, I have hundreds and hundreds of videos and pictures yeah. and it's like I've deleted probably a thousand because I stopped getting, I had no more room in the cloud like 20 different times, Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, so you it's know, not just your eyes. Do, if, if you're, it's not just something in your eyes. If you're able to video it, Of right? course, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, this is not, yeah, this is not me making stories up. It's there, yeah, but I mean, I also, uh, the biggest UFO uh, website on the online third phase of moon they've got a couple million people that follow them and they do huge things you know they did a documentary on me and and came to the house and you know and I, one of the things that they taught me our, our cosmic divine creators is you know first of all i see now everybody i mean wherever whenever i'm looking during all days, you know, there are hundreds of orbs flying around me. I'm seeing, I'm looking, I can also phase that out. If I want to focus like on a cell phone, I cannot see that, you know, because everything is tied to perception and there is no separation. Everything affects everything, but you know, that's my new normal, you know, and their columns of light and angels and all of it. But these guys, but also what happens is this healing gift, it's their physicality. The more that you practice it, it more draws your inner energy literally physically outside of you where you're able to heal and affect and communicate and influence and all this other stuff. And it's their energy and your energy, but you're also able to feel them, you know, in a way and affect other beings of light to come to be with you. And so now on camera, 24 seven, doesn't matter where I am, what I can, who I'm with, whatever I can pop the air and it, on camera you'll see beings of light show up hundreds of orbs fly through craft fly through and that's 24 7 no matter what day or night rain or shine period done deal and and this third phase moon guys great guys blake cousin and his brother really amazing great filmmakers great guys sweet smart they tested me you know with a bunch of different cameras and different things and and they they got you know beautiful, amazing beings of light, this W looking being golden being showed up and the smoke and the flew through and all the orbs and, you know, and it's, it's them. I could, didn't, that's not something I could have done prior to them. They created that in my, me, taught me, showed me, put stuff in me. Our divine creators showed me, Hey, you guys are a badass humanity. You guys are badass. You, we made you, you're a part of us. You're way more than you could ever imagine. Just surrender your vanity, surrender your ego, learn a little, be adventurous, take a, take a chance, see what's on the other end of that. I, it'll surprise you is I'm joking, but that's, you know, no, I, I get that. To. So I think that, I think that, um, I kind of want to wrap this up, but I, I, I think that, um, the, the message is, <laughs> We, we, the we, messages, go ahead, yeah. Well, I was going to say, one of the messages, we, we, we are, we're playing small. Message. Okay, I'll let, I'll let you finish with that, but I want to, yeah. I want to let this ref, my sure. reflections, my reflections based on what you said. Yeah. Um, we do not know who we are. We, we play very small. We, we don't realize our, uh, uh, the magnificence of who we are, who we've been created to be. We're living in this kind of dumbed down uh, world of perception. And right. the 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 darker energies or whatever we want to call them, it's almost like they have us fooled, or you know. All, That's all exactly that. what they're trying to do because okay. we are we are 
they their whole thing is about this is about a war between God and 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 the devil, mm-hmm. demons, darkness. This is a war over humanity, over our brilliance and our connection and and their their magnificent and brilliance and that spark of life that they gave us and all life and 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 the freedom that comes with that and, and that's it's all expression of them they're a mag they're brilliant they're magnificent when i say our brilliance i'm talking about them through us and and their and their love for us and all life and that man has no inherent value over any other living thing and all life is this and the spark of life has been this all is about the, the the carnage that we're seeing is because they're very upset with how we've treated the spark of life and all living things and how we've you know raised ourselves above other living things and and let go of the the honoring that you know and 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 so this is a war between god and evil over all living things and 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 you know, if we're just speaking about humanity, evil getting humanity to surrender their spark of life for nothing mm-hmm. as a as an F you excuse my finger mm-hmm. as an F you to God, literally mm-hmm. that's and 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 they are not going to ride in on giant horses and, you know, and and go, hey, we're here. They really want us to show up for ourselves and for nature and for them. And for that spark of life and all innocence and all living things, they really want that from us, you know, because this is what it's about. All the other noise is it's not not about any of that. And they are this is the last chance for humanity from them. And they want us. Oh, shit. We need to step up. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw a hop. Yeah. Yeah. Because they really can roll up the universe and go away and what they're not going to do that, but they're going to only allow a very small few people to get through this. And, and they're going to restore all the innocent life that's been lost and all the nature and all that stuff. But there's going to be intense carnage coming. There is, and there's going to be way more. And they want us to surrender all of our BS and come to them again and start over and then stand up for them and all life and all of their divine covenants that come from the spark of life and nature and family and freedom and protecting each other and innocence. They want us to, because that's what's at, uh, being under, under siege. And uh, It's almost like a restoration a, of Eden. The the um, I know you're not a Bible person, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not, but... Yeah, but I mean, but it, that, it is. It's right. like the, the original right. garden... The original yes. garden was the original intent. Is the original this, this design? Is that. Yeah, this and is we're, that story. Because I, yeah, sorry, didn't interrupt you. No, You're I was right. just gonna say that we're on this journey back, and we can yes. either choose to go back or they to just go, did a blue flash just now. Yes, <laughs> what are, right. are, are those blue flashes saying anything about what we're saying? <laughs> yes, that's what that's what that means. When oh, okay. they do a blue flash, that's like them saying, "Write on." Yes, okay, great. Am. Yeah, that's what that means. That means you're yes. Keep going. You're okay, good. there All you right. are. All right, keep great. Going. That's what that means. This is. I was going to tell you because I don't know the Bible. I, I I spoke to them a couple nights ago. I was in the backyard, and I go. So this is this started when the Garden of Eden between because of that separation. They said, "Correct. This is yes. that. This yeah. is that war." And they did a shooting star over my head. I'm like, wow, 
wow, that's trippy. You know, yeah. like, wow. I'm going like, wow, to follow that's... up with some of those ideas because I it, it there's a lot of biblical stuff in, in things that you're saying. And uh, when we talked earlier before we started recording, um, I did mention that in Genesis, God refers to God's self as us. You know, we we they created male and female yeah, as us. I didn't know and, that. Yeah, and it's and it's, they always say us and we. I'm like I'm yeah. a, I go I love you, thank you, thank you. I'm always like saying love you, thank you because I've been getting attacked recently. I told you about this. Like it never happened for years, and then all of a sudden, since I started doing my podcast. By the way, my podcast is on Podbean, the Return of God and Angels on Podbean. It's free. P-O-D-B-E-A-N, The Return of God and Angels with Christopher Peters. Please come and check it out. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, I think, what is it again? Alien U.S. Government UFO. Alien U.S. Government UFO. Um, but yeah, I can't remember what we were saying. What were we saying? That's okay. I think we're talking yeah. about uh, Eden and we're talking right. about the Bible. And yeah. I think I'm probably going to do another podcast just... Um, with with my own reflections about all this to talk about all Please the biblical stuff I'm seeing here, yeah, You're, yeah, because they're going to return. This is going to this is going down a thousand percent. I don't. What I don't know, and I can't. Not that I can predict anything because I can't. I can't predict Jack, but I talk to them every day, and most of what they tell me, and sometimes I get stuff wrong because I perceive what they're saying the wrong way. Uh, but but they are going to return and 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 one day you're going to wake up and you're going to see the stars that you think are stars in the night sky the ones that i talked about they're going to be out during the day and not leaving and they're going to be all over the world and that is the beginning of that next phase of real intensity in terms of them coming back not as you know the sweet you know emmanuel and all of these beautiful friend creators, you know, as that sweet sort of like loving, they're coming back, you know, looking to kick some A, you know, not for the people that have stood up for them in all life and innocence, but for the people that who have not, or have been silent, who have let innocence go, who have, who have allowed this tyranny, they're not getting out of this just because there's, they're, they're, you know, and I asked them over and over about this stuff because I'm like, that's hard for me to even wrap my head around. And I'm with them 24 seven, you know, seeing, feeling, thing, and, you know, and they confirm it like, yep, we're definitely coming back, you know, and, it, and our thing, what we're doing now is mitigating the carnage, you know, because when we have a relationship with them, it changes everything. They, well, actively, yeah. Yeah, they I mean, actively go into your life and help you succeed. Right. I mean, help jobs go through as long as they're good intention right. connected to it, help your family, protect, heal. So it's important, you know, and, and that, but that affects the great bigger picture in all ways, you know, in terms of good, you know, and, and that's how we change this situation because that is what defeats this darkness, you know, is this, what's the word, you know, when we have a, a revival, you know, of being with them, you know, but in a good way, in a, in a way that's not religious, not about that, but about love and connection. Helping. Okay. Yeah. So I think I've said many times that we have all chosen to be here. All of us are chosen yeah. to be here at this, this, this time in history and there's pivotal stuff going on and we, we can, we can play our part. And 
you know, my ministry has always been about surrendering to spirit, surrendering to God. I, I haven't had the same experience of the divine as you have, but I, I have had the relationship. I have the relationship. And so we all have this opportunity to, to engage in this relationship with God, with, with our creator beings, the divine, and, and see what transpires for us because that's, that is like the way. Um, and I think that's what the message is. And, um, amazing. I mean, look, you're, you're doing what is being asked. You know, I, 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 you know, it would be great. I would love you to have this because it's, it's there for you. There's nothing about me. You know, only thing that happened with me is, is that I got to know them in -hmm. this way. And, but it's meant for everybody because we're all, this is all of our story, but you're doing amazing stuff. I mean, all the stuff you're doing is awesome. That's how I found you because you're so awesome. And because people love <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I've been, I've been tr- talking to the creator beings and saying, Hey, I'm ready to see you. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send you emails of suggestions and, you know, on what, you know, things to do to go out at night and, and do certain things. And, 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 uh, and it'll happen. You know, it's, it's just there. They have a very, funny sense of humor very weird you know it's never in the way first of all it's never in your time frame sure. and it's and you ha- and but they really are hilariously funny and sweet and i mean i have so many different videos of playing like elo songs and uh and and uh and uh crosby stills and nash songs and and saying hey do x y and z at a certain point in the song wouldn't that be cool and da, 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 and they do it like like crazy stuff like crossing shooting stars on the downbeat of uh simon and garfunkel you know hello darkness my old friend when you know something the light <laughs> splits the night you know yeah. the sound is not splits the night and they did this like cross, shooting stars that went like like it was just crazy it was i was like oh my god you guys are amazing it's just crazy so yeah i happily do that but you're doing amazing and awesome and so thank you for letting me to be a part of your world and all of your friends that love you and are part of this family and this really is what you're doing is the most important work that anybody could be doing in their lives you know, helping, whether it's what you do or another person's expression of that this time period for all of you listening, talking to your friends, your family in the market, whatever your version of the work is, it's what saves all life. Yeah. And, and because they're looking to isolate and disconnect us from each other, uh, to cover our faces, to teach us a new culture of isolation a new disconnection from nature, but, and, and a plugging into technology that has nothing to do with God or each other or, or humanity or compassion. And, and then when you, when you are dulled and your senses are dulled like that, and you're isolated and you're removed from your touchstones of what makes you human, you're easier to, you know, it's easier to not be caring and, and help others. And let's say a lot worse. So you're any, everyone listening is doing amazing, you know, just by participating in what you're doing, what you're creating, listening, this is what saves everything. So just be more proactive, listen to you more, download more of your podcast, tell friends. It takes a village. Yeah. In a I serious agree. Way. We need to be yeah. in action. Okay. For sure. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah. yeah I, Thank you. I, uh, I enjoyed, I think we could talk another few hours, but I got yeah. I got to get off and I think you do too. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience, your relationship. I love that it's about a relationship 
and uh, and your story. Yeah. All right. right, Thank you, everybody. Take care. Thanks, guys. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, check out thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. We're a nonprofit corporation and depend solely on donations from people like you. If you find that you're benefiting from your listening, we encourage you to donate on our website, thespiritualforum.org. Our music is by Matt Nelson. Sound engineering is by Mark Jaschelski.